0: Welcome to Antioch Raleigh's weekly online sermon. We hope that you are encouraged by this word. For more information on Antioch Raleigh or access to our other online sermons, visit us at antiochraleigh.com. All right. Well, hey guys, it's uh, just a joy to worship you. Worship Jesus with you this morning. The peace of God We've been talking about the peace. The peace of God has has saved my life. If it were not for God's perfect peace, I don't think I would be up here being able to preach this morning or being, being able to do what God has called me to do. Since I gave my life to Jesus at 16 years old, which has been about 20 years of following Jesus, I've been on this journey of recovery from this Bondage to to fear, to anxiety, worry, stress. And you see, like everyone else, I I was born into this world with a corrupt, fallen nature that was predisposed to sin. It was predisposed to brokenness. It was predisposed to self-centeredness. And I I was a, a follower of the prince of the power of the air. I was living out the desires of the flesh. But when I met Jesus, everything began to change. Since that day of, at 16, I have tasted and I've experienced God's perfect peace. It's the peace, his peace, that has begun a work of freedom in my life. Freedom that is setting me free from his, the fear of man, the fear of rejection, all sorts of anxieties and worries. And I'm sure by now you can tell that the topic of today's sermon is it's about peace. In fact, today's title is Surpassing Peace. Philippians 4, we read that this morning. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses our understanding will guard it will guard our our hearts and our minds it will guard our emotions it will guard our, our thought life don 't you agree that the world desperately needs an encounter with god 's peace right now yeah there's been this uh, it 's been so interesting to me the past several years as i 've witnessed how our society has become increasingly More anti God, anti Jesus, anti Bible, anti truth. As I've, you know, we've seen that there's been this simultaneous, simultaneously correlation to a lack of peace in the world, in society. There's there's this mental health crisis phenomenon that is becoming front stage and center for all the generations. The more we reject Jesus, the more we make God in our own image, the more that we do what is right in our own hearts, we further ourselves from God's blessing, which includes His peace. But it's not just the world, it's the church too. As Christians, we have promises. Promises like we read this morning already, John 14, 27, where where Jesus says, My peace I give you. Or Colossians 3, where it says that the peace of God, let it reign, let it rule in your hearts. Yet if we're honest with ourselves, there's this inconsistency. Is the peace of God, does the peace of God really consistently rule and reign in our hearts? On one hand, we have these biblical promises of peace, but on the other hand, our lives can be dominated on a daily basis by fear and anxiety and discouragement. What's going on? That's my heart this morning. That, that's my prayer this morning is that every single person here would feel, yeah, feel, encounter, experience the peace of God. I had this prophetic picture as I was praying this week and, and preparing for the sermon. I had this picture of our congregation in this room and I could see many people, they were bound with chains. And on these chains that was labeled, things like labels such as fear or stress or anxiety or uh, tension or just anything, these sorts of negative emotions. And I believe the Lord let me zoom in a little bit closer. And then I saw that these chains, they weren't made out of like strong metal, iron bars, they, that's what I thought at first, it, they were made out of toothpicks. And, I, and of course I'm thinking, all we have to do is just, just kind of break it open, but the power lied in the deception of the enemy. His lies, us believing those lies, thinking that whatever we're going through on the outside is just too much for God to handle. I believe God wants to impart to us a revelation from his word of the power of his peace so that the peace will utterly transform your inner life, bring wholeness, tranquility, renew you on the inside so much that it's overflowing that it becomes a conduit to bring peace outside of you, to be able to speak peace to the storms. I want to pray. I want to start off by just praying. If you could, just, if, if you don't mind, put your hand over your hearts. I'm going to pray for us as we get into this. Jesus, off the, off the very back, Lord, we declare that you are the Prince of Peace over this house. And whatever we're all carrying, God, we're all carrying stuff. We're carrying burdens. We're carrying stressors. We're carrying anxieties. Some of that stuff's real heavy. Some of that stuff's just the day-to-day. God, we submit that to you. We lay it down. You are the Prince of Peace. Lord, may you open up the heavens and impart to us a very part of who you are. Give us a revelation of who you are in your wonderful word this morning. We pray this in your name, amen, amen. Well, I have a roadmap for you for all the left-brain thinkers. Here's three, three areas where we're gonna go. Number one, I wanna define peace. Let's define peace, give you a biblical definition. Number two, I wanna share one of my favorite stories from the Bible and really unpack how, how how, how can we practically abide in his perfect peace? And then lastly, towards the end of the sermon, I want to leave with you all a couple. I have two different, call them activation prayers. Uh, My goal this morning is not just to impart knowledge, and biblical knowledge is important, but I I want to see us as a body practically equipped and and trained. So we're going to do a couple activation prayers uh, towards the end of our sermon together. Okay, those are the three areas we're going to go. So let's start off with... Defining peace. What is biblical peace? I think a very common but insufficient understanding of peace is is this. It's the the absence of hostility. It's the absence of war or conflict, right? We think or say things like, well, if my circumstances can, can just be free from this conflict, there will be peace. But as we'll see in just a moment... We can be very much in the middle of a storm and yet God wants to bring us peace. So what is peace? I love the Hebrew word for peace and I know a lot of you know this already so say it with me. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Shalom. Shalom holds a wide range of connotations. Wholeness, health, security, well-being, salvation. A Bible dictionary defined it like this. Shalom is the Total well being. It's the prosperity. It's the security associated with God's presence among his people. Can you say well being? Say well being. Say prosperity. Say security. Say wholeness. Here's a couple word pictures for you to help you understand uh, that were used in the Old Testament. A, a stone a stone that was completely smooth without any cracks or divots or breaks in it was said to have shalom. Or to make it even bigger, you have a stone wall, and if that stone wall didn't have any gaps or divides or breaks in it, it was said to have shalom. Peace isn't merely the absence of war or conflict, but it's the presence of God manifesting his wholeness, his well-being, his security among his people who are submitted to God. So when we speak of God wanting to give you his peace this morning, we're talking about him wanting to give you wholeness, security, health, his very life in your being. How does that sound? Sounds good, right? Anyone else want more peace in your life? Amen. Come on. Let's look at my favorite story of peace. It's in Mark chapter four, th- uh, verses 35. And I love this story of peace because it, it really illustrates how peace can both reign supreme on the inside, but also overflow to, be, to affect the environment around you. This is in Mark chapter four, verses 35. I'm gonna, we're gonna read it. I'm gonna pause at certain points just to break it down. Beginning with verse 35. Uh, 35. Mark 4. Here we go. On that day when e- evening had come, he said to them, a little context here, Jesus is with who? He's with his disciples, 12 disciples. When is this happening? This is uh, early parts of his ministry, first half of his ministry. He's, he's been teaching the gospel. He's been healing the sick. He literally just finished teaching on these parables, and now they're getting in this boat, and where do they want to go? They want to go on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which I, I, I found out is it's, a, it's 64 square, square miles. This is not your grandpa's pond. This is huge. All right, this is a big, big, big sea. And he's about to perform one of his mightiest miracles. Verse 35, let's keep going. He says, let us go across to the other side. In leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Let me pause right here and ask this question. What kind of storm was this? It was a great windstorm. The Greek there is whirlwind. It's a great tempest. It was a squall. In other words, the storm had hurricane-like properties. Now, just for a moment, just for a moment, imagine being one of the twelve in that boat, imagine how scary that must have felt. I've been deep sea fishing before. I've been on the boat. Don't really like it. I get seasick. In fact, I, I can get seasick at the Lazy River at the water park. I don't really like boats. So I can see. I can. I can really feel how terrified they must be. And yet, what was Jesus doing? Verse thirty-eight. He was asleep in the stern. Asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? These 12 dudes, some of which were trained fishermen, they'd seen storms before. Now they thought they were going to die. They had lost all control, all control of their situation. And isn't that like the storms we face? We lose control. We lose control. And when we feel like we're losing control, and even logically, it's like, no, I have no control of this situation. Isn't that when the fear, the stress, the anxiety comes in? It's, it's when the finances aren't matching up, right? You ever, I, 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 We do that as a family. <laughs> uh, money coming in is way less than money going out. I've been there. i felt the stress before. It's when the doctor gives you the diagnosis and you feel completely out of control. What are we going to do? It's when that relationship, that, that child that you've been praying for, it's that relationship that's broken and you're going, I, I'm doing everything I can, but it, it's, it's a mess. We feel out, out of control. But there wasn't just fear. Can you also hear the frustration with Jesus? Don't you care, Jesus? We sound a lot like that too, don't we? Don't you care, Jesus, that there's not enough money. There's not enough money, Jesus. There's not enough. My health isn't improving, Lord. This relationship status, it's not changing, Lord. It's, It's messed up. In verse 39, and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Everyone say this with me. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm, and he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, we train our disciples that anytime you're reading the Bible, one of the main questions you always need to ask is, What is Jesus or what is God doing in this passage? We see him at complete peace and rest that he can even sleep through a storm. And then from the place of that peace, he's exercising authority over the storm. And while this story is an incredible display of his deity, you go look at all the commentaries. It's awesome. You know, like this is God's deity. He has authority over the elements of the earth. And I agree with all those commentaries. That's amazing But when Jesus asked the question to his disciples, why are you lacking faith? Why are you fearful? I believe that suggests that we can be like Jesus. That he's inviting us to have the same peace that we can sleep through storms. And you can't have authority over the storm you can't sleep in. So how can we abide in the surpassing peace of God? That's the question. How can we have the peace of God that we can be at such rest in some of life's most severe storms? I believe the answer is found in verse 35. Here we go, verse 35. This is the answer to how. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Can everyone say this with me? He said to them, when God speaks, his word never fails. Isaiah fifty five eleven. so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty handed. They will do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. There was, when Jesus said those words, there was no force in hell that was going to stop that boat. Now, here's the principle. Here's the key. Here's the takeaway. If you're taking notes, here he goes. This is how we abide in God's transcendent peace. Your active trust and submission to God's word determines your level of peace. There we go. It's up there. Your active trust and submission to God's word determines your level of peace. So are you listening and submitting to the word of God? I had an old pastor who used to say, Whoever has your ear has your future. Who are you listening to? Whose words are you submitted to? Are you submitted to God's word? Or are your thoughts, your convictions, your beliefs influenced by the voice of the enemy, the voice of culture, the voice of social media, the voice of peers, of educators, of of, of politicians? Is it the voice of families of origin? There's a direct correlation between your active trust and what God is saying, and your ability to abide in peace. So if you want to have the supernatural peace, you want to be able to sleep in the storms, then you have to recall the word of the Lord. And for the 12 in that boat, it was, we are going to the other side. That's why Jesus said, where's your faith? Because he had said, we're going to the other side. Think about it. I mean, it was like, Jesus, there's the storm, we're going to die. No, nope, they didn't have faith in his word. So we're talking about the correlation of God's word and peace. And so here's what I want to do. I want to arm you with a a handful of verses this morning. i got about five or six or so that we're going to read together. And I want you to pay attention to the power and the promise of God in each of those verses. And in fact, we're going to read them together because I believe there's something powerful when you break the sound barrier and declare it out loud. Okay, so we're going to read these together, all right? Philippians 4. Let's put the first one up there. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Let's say this together. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Just let it soak. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Will you let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts? Isaiah 26, 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Perfect peace. Romans 8, 6. Let's say this together. do that one All right John 14:27 There we go Here we go let's say this together Peace I leave with you my peace I give to you not as the world gives do I give to you let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid Jesus's peace His is pretty good Romans 16, 20. Let's say this together. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. 2 Thessalonians three sixteen. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, in every way. The Lord be with you. Just let that soak over you. Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. One more, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. That's what the word of God says. Did you notice the connotation or the theme of supremacy of peace? Guards, rules, crushes, Prince of Peace. Why, why do you think there's a biblical theme that of peace having such authority? Because it's greater than fear. It's greater than anxiety. It's greater than stress. So actively listening to and submitting to the word of God brings us to peace. But there are two adversaries, two adversaries to peace that we all have to face on this journey of abiding in perfect peace. Here's here's adversary number one, I've put these together. It's ignorance slash apathy. Ignorance slash apathy. Psalm 119, 165, we just read this, but I'll say it again. Great peace have those who love your law, who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. If we are apathetic or indifferent or at worst just flat out ignorant of God's word, what's the result? Lack of peace. If we're not actively hiding God's word, meditating on it, reading it, holding it fast, then you, you or I can't expect the anchor of peace when the storm comes. Here's a discipleship question or a pastoral question that we ask a lot of our people. We, 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 we sit down one on one with a lot of people, and, and thankfully, there's a place for them to confess and they're sharing struggles, and this is going on, and that's going on. And one of our first go to questions is always, Hey, are, are you in the Word? Or when was the last time you've been in the Word? Or how often are you in the Word? Or how long are you in the Word? there's a 90% correlation. Where there is a word deficiency, there's a peace deficiency. When the storms of life come and you're feeling out of control and things logically are not boding well for you, the money coming in doesn't match up, the health condition isn't getting any better, the relational status is still broken, you have to be able to say, but God says we're gonna make it to the other side. That's the word of the Lord. So I want to pause. This is one of the moments where I said I want to give you an activation prayer to equip you. I understand as a pastor, when I say things like, hey, get in the word. I've learned as a pastor of being here for 10 years or so, not everyone knows even what, how to do that. Does that mean we just read it? So I, 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 want us, I want to introduce a real practical prayer. You can do it in two minutes. And it's a way that connects this right here to this as you pray. Because that, that's the journey. That's the problem. How do we connect this to this? And it's, it's, a, it's a prayer tool that I've introduced our ADS students. And it's where you, I, you take any passage of Scripture, just about any passage of Scripture where there's a promise of God. And I, I, I lay out, I have seven, seven different heart postures. We can go ahead and put them up there. This is, there we go. Take a promise of God. Let's take the promise from Philippians 4, how the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. That's a promise. And what we do is we pray through, just very slowly, we pray through these seven, they're heart postures. And they're all uniquely different. There's a nuance to it that's uniquely different. And each different prayer is a different way of connecting with the divine, Jesus. And so, for instance, if it's the the peace of God, I, I, I will pray, Lord, I believe in the peace that guards my heart and mind. I ask for your peace to guard my heart and my mind. Lord, I receive. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I rest in, Lord, I declare, Lord, I rejoice, just like that. So I'd like to do that this morning. It'll take no more than two minutes. And let's use, let's use that, that promise from Philippians 4. The peace of God will guard your heart and your minds. So I'm going to go through this, and all, I, all, all I'm asking you guys to do is just, just pray with me. Just pray it with me. You can close your eyes if you'd like. I love to just put one hand on my heart, one hand like this. It just helps me connect. And let's pray this. You guys can repeat after me. I believe that your peace will guard my heart and my mind. I ask For your peace to guard my heart and my mind. I receive. Your peace that guards my heart and my mind. And just receive it. I thank you. For your peace guards my heart and my mind. I rest in the peace that guards my heart and my mind. And just rest. I declare... Your peace will guard my heart and my mind. I rejoice. Your peace will guard my heart and my mind. Amen. I think that took about 90 seconds. Does anyone have does anyone have 90 seconds to spare with Jesus every morning? I promise you, if you take two, three, four of four promises from Scripture and just meditate, that's what we mean when we say meditate. Just meditate on the Word, just pray it back to Him. It'll go from here to here. And I promise you, as you sow into peace, the Word of God, surrendering to the Word of God, peace will begin to cultivate in your hearts. I mentioned there were two problems. One was ignorance and apathy. Here's number two. It's when we listen to, agree with, or submit to the wrong voice. The wrong voice. You remember Adam and Eve, right? They knew God's word. They knew the command. But what, they, what did they do? They chose to come in agreement with the lies of the devil. The lie of the devil. And thus they were subject. They had to submit to his reign, not the Lord's. Thus catapulting them into physical and spiritual death and decay. Romans 6 puts it like this. You are slaves to whom you obey. We all have thoughts, stories playing in our minds that contradict God's word. We have a name for it. It's called stinking thinking. Turn to the person next to you and say, get rid of that stinking thinking. When we believe the lie, here's another quote. When you believe the lie, you empower the liar. The devil does not have power over you until you come into agreement with him. You believe the lie. The moment you believe that lie, that story, that narrative, that fearful thought, you've just you've opened up the door and you've said, "Come, Satan, all of your lies. You're the murderer. You're a liar from the beginning. I am subject to you. I'm surrendering to the word of the, the word, your word." Entrance, anxiety, fear, stress discouragement we lose our peace i was thinking about the types of lies i have i i I came up with five categories and i'll go through these really quickly because i want to get to our last activation but here are five root lies that rob our peace Uh, hopefully i got that yes here we go five root lies there could be more but just about every lie that you believe will likely fall into one of these first one is that god's provision isn't enough have you ever thought, just? have you ever felt stressed? Just not enough time to get this assignment done, get this work done. You've lost your, there's just not enough, not enough in retirement. And you start, your, your blood pressure raises. You ever felt that? Well, it's because we're not, we're just not believing the truth that God's provision is enough. Have you ever felt after healing, you know, that some, from some, hearing from the doctor some type of diagnosis, there's something's wrong. You know, you ever gone to an ultrasound, picked up something? We've done that with two babies, two, two different diagnoses, this and this. Okay, my peace meter is going off. I am losing my peace as we speak. Do I believe that God's protection is enough? How about God's acceptance? Have you ever strived for other people's opinions? Hey, we, we, we do. Have you ever felt insecure and just trying to get up in the morning and get dressed? You're like, I don't know if I like this. I feel like, because you want to, you just want to be liked. You want the acceptance of others. You want other people's approvals. The insecurity or the lack of peace associated with those moments is because do we really believe that God's acceptance is sufficient? How about God's justification? Have you ever felt like the need to protest your innocence? You ever been in a conversation, maybe text, email, or in person, and somehow you get brought up, and it's, at least in your mind, it's not the most positive light. So this innate, this desire inside of you is coming out like, no, 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 I I, I need to interject, I need to prove this, I, I'm right, this is not as bad as blah, blah, blah. You ever felt like that before? That That's... God's justification, meaning his righteousness of me, isn't sufficient. I'm fearing the shame, so I have to prove myself. Yet I love what Jesus does. Perfect, didn't do anything wrong. He's getting hurled all these accusations from the priests. And what does he say? Nothing. He was totally resting in the righteousness of Jesus. How, have you ever lost your peace thinking about the future? Am I going to be single the rest of my life? Or am I not going to be able to have this career or this ministry opportunity? I've been there. Lose our peace. We get fearful. We're losing control of what's happening. Is God's inheritance enough? So what do we do? What do we do when we've lost our peace? Here's the last prayer. I'm going to, I'm going to get Warren, if he wouldn't mind, coming up here. I'm going to introduce, for some of you, this is not new, but... This is one of, in my opinion, one of the most powerful tools, practical prayers that we, we share in, in our discipleship and in our lives as a church. Uh, it's a tool that we call tending your heart. We usually teach it on a Sunday morning once or twice a year. And this one prayer its a very simple prayer. If you pray it, the moment you're, you recognize you've lost your peace, when I when I first turned six, when I was sixteen years old and first gave my life to Jesus, at that time in my life, I would go, I would go years, years, living in a place of a lack of peace. And then, as my journey has progressed, it's years to months and days. And now, I, 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 there, by the grace of God, I can go. Out, I can go an hour, and I go. I am not at peace. What is happening? And I, what I do is I go through this very, very simple prayer that I'm gonna to introduce to you guys. A lot of you know it, but for those who know it, it's gonna be a great reminder. And it's a simple, again, it's one of those 96-second prayers. You just pray. And what will happen is you'll actually be delivered from whatever the negative emotion is every time. I get delivered from fear, anxiety. Five, there are five prayer points. The first one is recognize we could put those up yeah you got to recognize it's it's amazing how we can actually just let negative emotions just simmer in them for for hours days weeks and we have to recognize wait a minute i have lost my peace colossians promises let the peace of god rule and reign in your heart the peace is supposed to reign supreme in your heart and so when something happens when you lose your peace think of it like a referee blowing the whistle something is wrong you have to recognize number two it's reveal this is where you pray lord what lie have i believed to empower the liar to usher in that negative emotion that anxiety that fear and i you have the five categories those are really helpful but I go back and say, Lord, have I not trusted in your provision? Have I not trusted that you're enough? Have I? And I think through. And if you pray that, I believe the Holy Spirit will use your brain to think of, yeah, you don't believe that I can provide for you in this job right now. Or you don't believe that I can handle this situation at work or this family situation. And because you don't believe me, you've come into agreement with the enemy. So you have to, you have, to have revelation. You have to pray, Lord, reveal that to me. And then thirdly, what do you do? You repent, and this is so important right here because repentance is what actually breaks the demonic power over you. That fear, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's what the Bible says. So that spirit of fear that you're subject to is a demonic power that you're under allegiance to. Repentance is actually saying, I repent, I renounce, I confess, I'm coming into the light, I'm severing all the darkness and all its on me and I'm confessing the blood of Jesus that's repenting That's you have to do that you don't do part three you don't get set free because repentance ushers in the blood of Jesus you're set free but you don't want to stop there you have to replace okay you got to fill that house with truth and this is where the word of God that you hopefully have stored up in your heart is so helpful so when I pray, Lord, I repent of the lie that you're not gonna provide. Lord, what do, you, what do you have to say? And you can only recall to memory the word of God that you have put in your mind. You can't think of something you didn't put in there. So that's why it's so important to go, but you say, Lord, you will supply all my need. I replace with the truth. And then lastly, lastly, this is, this is where I just go, Lord, I just rejoice in you. I rejoice in you. And then I just worship, just thank the Lord. And these five little prayer points, this will show you how much of a wreck I, 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 I can do this like 40 times a day. <laughs> they take about 90 seconds and it's, it goes from anxiety to joy in like two minutes. And so here's what I'd like for us to do. I, I, this is not a word of knowledge, but I believe there are probably a handful of people here that want peace (laughs) and have maybe a burden that they, there's something that you're anxious about. There's something that you're fearful about. There's some stress. And it could be the big thing, like a broken, broken, broken relationship. It could be the small thing, like how am I gonna just get work done next week? It, It could be something small too, but... What I'd like for us to do, we're just going to pray, and I'm going to lead us through just five these five prayer points. And as I'm leading you, it's up to you; it's up to your will to engage with Holy Spirit and just pray it. And I believe as we pray this, and as you go through this, this this is the Word of God here. You will find freedom. You will re, you will receive a deposit of peace. Amen. So let's just. Let's just close your eyes. Jesus, will you help us recognize where we have lost our peace? Where's the fear? Where's the stress? Where's the worry? Where's the discouragement? Lord reveal to us where we are partnering with the enemy and trusting his word and not yours what lie are we believing about you and just take a moment let the lord speak to you he will show you what lie you are not believing is god enough is his provision enough is his his protection enough Is his acceptance enough? Is his justification enough? Is his inheritance enough? our fear, not just our negative emotion, God, but we've confessed where we've partnered with the enemy and believing a different script, where we've believed a different story than what your word says. Lord, we confess it, Lord. We bring it to the light, just in your own words. Just pray that to him. Lord, we repent of it. Lord, we are turning back to you. We are declaring that you are truth, what we've believed is a lie, God. We confess it, we repent, we renounce it over our lives. Make sure you renounce it. Repent of that lie right now. And God, we wanna fill our hearts with your truth and your spirit. So God, what is the truth? What do you have to say? What do you have to say about our situation? Our storm? What do you have to say, Lord? and you just need to turn your eyes to God in the boat. And finally, let's rejoice. Rejoice. Just begin in your own words to tell him thank you. Just begin to say, thank you, Jesus. I receive your peace. I rejoice in you. In your own words, just tell him, Lord, we rejoice in you worship you. We thank you, God, that you, of your governance and peace, there will be no end. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to just end our time together just in some worship you would like just you want more prayer more ministry please come to the front I'm going to ask if if you're a life group leader you're on a ministry team you're a prayer warrior you're an elder please come to the front we just want to pray with you want to pray for you do not leave here this morning without just having someone bless you and impart peace to your life as we close out this time together